Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing, rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. It is crunch time, Tom. Playoffs and, well, not NFL playoffs quite yet, but fantasy playoffs have arrived in a world of so many injuries, I'm grateful to have by my side the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Tom, before we talk about my difficulties, let's hear some positive things. How's life? How was your trip? What's going on? Oh, my trip was spectacular. Four days in the sun in the Dominican Republic, nothing but the pool, the beach, and free watered-down drinks. Can't be. <laughs> You're looking tan. You're looking happy here. Uh, we would like to apologize, or actually, I would like to apologize uh, well, one, for not being as tan as Tom, but two, we're having some technical difficulties here. But the show goes on. As you can see, if you're watching that on YouTube, my mic is deciding not to work today. So, Tom, last week, uh, week 14, we had uh, my voice on injury uh, on the injury list. This week, we have my mic on the injury list. But seriously, guys, thank you for your patience. I hope you guys can still hear me loud and clear, and we're still here to deliver you the best. And that is what we're going to try to do. And, Tom, we have... Three episodes remaining, week 17, right? We wanted to make that announcement. That will be our last show, right? Week 17? Yes, last one for the season. All right. And we'll continue, as always, to post on TikTok, on X, on Instagram. And again, I got to say it again. Thank you for your patience with my uh, technical difficulties. I told Tom, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, Radio Shack tomorrow to get it figured out. And then I realized that's not a thing. Tom, where did we get these uh, these podcast things? Uh Guitar. Uh, oh, Guitar Center. Yeah. Guitar Center. I don't know why I'm getting that mixed up. All right. Let's get into our injuries, Tom. And of course, massive implications this week. Week 15, of course, a lot of us have our, our first week of fantasy football playoffs, or maybe you're playing in the loser's bracket. Maybe you have a bye. Regardless, there's a lot of players on injury, a lot of stuff to sort through here. Let's start with some quarterbacks. The rookie sensation, C.J. Stroud, concussion. Again, I know that it's just the basic concussion protocol, but what kind of updates do you have on him, Tom? Well, he did not practice today on Wednesday, so that will make it a challenge for him to be ready for Sunday. Not impossible, but a challenge. So it's just a waiting game from here. He's been absolutely incredible this year, so hopefully he can get ready, but we'll see. Dude's been a stud. Quarterback six, 18.6 point per game, uh, points per game, even without some of his weapons. You know, Nico Collins going down. We'll talk about him a little bit later with Tank Dell being down. Tom, my boy, Noah Brown, uh, two weeks of nothing, zero catches. I don't know what's going on there. But next year, tell me if you agree. I mean, next year I could see him going like where Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson went this year in that range, like a fourth, fifth round. You agree with that? I mean, you know, next year, fantasy fifth round or something like that. I mean, he is showing out as a rookie, man. As it stands today, I would, I would think a more like six, seven, eight. Um, but of course, if Houston goes and adds some superstar on offense, maybe gets him a, a more comparable running back, then yeah, I could see that him making that jump. Yeah. Don't love the matchup this week, but I almost think crazy enough at QB six. I think he's been too good to sit unless you have another elite option. So we'll check out CJ Stroud. Another guy, a surprise scratch last week, right? Well, I don't know about surprise, but it kind of came in late. Geno Smith, 
nursing that groin injury. He's QB 18, so we've seen a lot of regression from him. But what can you tell us about Geno Smith's groin coming up? Well, as of this recording, we don't have Seattle's practice reports yet, but we do know that Pete Carroll did not sound overly optimistic about Geno playing. But again, Pete Carroll's not very reliable with those types of uh, press conferences. So it's pretty unclear right now. But let's think about how the groin is involved in the throwing motion. The throwing motion involves a lot of hip rotation and a lot of transferring the weight from the back leg, which in his case would be the right leg, to the front leg. So while the groin is not a primary hip rotator, it does play a role in hip rotation, and it is very involved in being stable on one leg or even just when like 80% of your weight is shifted to one leg or not. So I could definitely see this impacting his deep ball. So somewhere like Metcalf and Lockett, that could affect them, of course. And Gino himself, I, I don't think he's startable at this point unless you're in a two QB league. And this injury doesn't make me any more confident in him starting. So it, it, it's kind of a limbo thing where it's like, it's if he plays, it's not going to be the worst injury that he could have, but it definitely could make things worse for his throwing, which could then make things worse for his receivers. Fair enough. Yeah, I think the Geno Smith analysis is more our worry or are we going to play DK Metcalf? Are we going to play Lockett, JSN, so on and so forth? Um, you know, in terms of his season, yeah, I mean, we knew regression was coming. Seahawks right now on the outside looking in. I mean, they need a win. They're going to do whatever it takes. At least Drew Locke is solid. I mean, again, he's not the worst backup to have. I wouldn't mind him. I mean, without Gino, I think it's definitely a downgrade for DK. I mean, even if he does play, you talked about the deep ball. I think with Drew Locke in the lineup, I, I feel like he will look to, at least what I saw last week, safer quote-unquote options, a Tyler Lockett, a dump down to one of their running backs, right? I think you're still playing DK, but I don't love this news overall for fantasy playoffs, at least this week so far. All right. Another tough one, man, and <laughs> another one for the Chargers because we also saw that Keenan Allen was now downgraded to out, but obviously, as we know as well, the quarterback, Justin Herbert, has a broken finger, and he's done for the year. What's the update on Justin Herbert? Just not a great year for the Chargers overall. And, and, and Herbert, this is not a critically terrible injury, not at all from a long-term standpoint, but of course he needed surgery, so he's not going to be able to play again this season. But, I mean, literally a couple of weeks after the season ends, he'll be able to get back to full exercising and throwing and things like that. So he'll have the better part of the offseason to train and to be ready and for camp in week one, and this should not impact him long-term whatsoever. So Dynasty, he's still a hold, and next year this should not affect his redraft draft stock. If this was non-throwing hand, he would be able to play possibly tolerance, or would that not be? I'm just asking. Just for... He's actually the perfect example because earlier this year he broke his finger on his non-throwing hand. Oh, he, he did? Yeah, and he didn't, he didn't miss any time. Oh, okay. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, the index finger is critical for that throwing motion. It's, it's the last digit yeah. that's touching the ball. It's really putting a lot of that spiral on and really finessing the accuracy of the throw. So this is a very tough injury to play through, but the prognosis, the healing prognosis is just fine. Fair enough. Chargers, like you said, they have been horrendous. It's just been a bad year for them. They get the Raiders, I think this week, which is winnable. Then they got the Bills, the Broncos, who are surging still, uh, the Chiefs. I mean, they should just pack it in at this point. But 
It's going to be Easton Stick, Tom, the 28-year-old out of North Dakota State. I tried so hard to look into his numbers that there's nothing there. There's nothing on this guy. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of unknowns. I mean, teams could put eight, nine guys in the box, but I think there's going to be no choice but to make it the Austin Eckler show or the Joshua Kelly show. I mean, obviously Keenan's out, so I don't know what the heck else they're going to do on this team, but I think it's going to be ugly. And I, I feel bad. We can maybe hop over to uh, Keenan if you don't mind, Tom, right? We'll just kind of skip down to him now. But, um, you know, I do feel bad for the Keenan Allen owners. I mean, he was what, wide receiver three, I think, all season long. I mean, he got them there. I just don't see a world where he even comes back. And he's very good because of the quarterback situation. But why don't you talk to us about at least his health, you know, for, for himself, Keenan Allen? Well, he's dealing with a heel injury, which is similar to what Marquise Brown's dealing with. And let's take Brown, for example. He was able to play through the injury until he re-injured it. And uh, Brown will talk about it a little bit later. But with these types of injuries, if there's no fracture to the heel, it's usually either a bruise or it's a tension-type injury from the calf. And then we'll call the posterior chain pulling really intensely on it. So that type of injury can really be more of a, a just kind of get things warmed up, loosened up, and, and you're okay. So I don't see this being a long-term problem for Allen. Obviously, he's not playing this week. I think they play Thursday, don't they? And yes, um, they do. Yeah, tomorrow slash yeah. today, depending, yes. So so quick turnaround, and, and I imagine that is a factor in why he's not playing. I think it might be a different story if he was playing Sunday. Um, but this is not something I'm expecting to linger throughout the fantasy playoffs. But again, like you touched on, Easton Sticks is quarterback now. We don't know what to expect out of him. So it's going to put fantasy players in a tough position where you can't bench like your best player, but his upside is not what it's been all season long. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, this week, maybe if you're desperate, you play Joshua Palmer, if he's even going to be back. But again, we just don't know. I mean, <laughs> cool name. There's been, I think, Tom, this has been the year of like the people with the coolest name. I forget some of the other ones we've talked about. A lot of people with cool names, but I mean, we'll see. Listen, maybe Easton... Stick stands out this week, but I don't know. I'm worried about Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen is a guy when healthy, anybody could throw in the ball because he's always just open. Um, and again, for Eckler, it has to be volume incoming. He just been ineffective himself. So I don't know how that's going to go. So we'll see. I mean, the Raiders are a winnable game, but some of these other games are going to be really, really challenging for the, the Chargers. Let's pop over to some running backs. Let's go to Josh Jacobs. He has a quad injury. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, he didn't practice all week, and they play Thursday night as well. So we'll keep an eye out to, as people are listening to this on Thursday. Be sure you're keeping an eye out for his updates. We'll we'll know before the game if he's playing or not. Quads are obviously big, big, strong, powerful muscles that create acceleration, top-end speed, running power, cutting, all that stuff. So with him not practicing all week, I do expect this to – to hinder his production to some degree, but this is a guy who is getting so much work on that offense that I I think he'll even if he's hindered, he's still going to be productive enough if he does end up playing. I would expect them to, to limit his snaps to some degree, but still he'll probably still touch the ball 15 to 20 times, and again, that's if he plays. You have to check in before the game starts. So while his total upside may not be what it usually is because of this injury, it should still be pretty good. Yeah. 
It's just his usage, man. I mean, last year, I think I'm almost positive last year he led the NFL in touches, and this year he's way up there again. He's number two, only behind CMC. I mean, already, man, Jacobs, 270 touches. Like, even if the Raiders, I mean, last week the Raiders lost 3-0 in the lowest scoring NFL game in 16 years, but it doesn't matter. They're going to turn around, hand the ball to Jacobs, and guess who they're playing this week? The Chargers that we just talked about, who who knows if they're going to be able to move the ball, might have another low-scoring game. But again, if he is healthy, I think you could play him. Now, if he's out, I think it's a disaster. It's a combo between Zamir White and remember Amir Abdullah, Tom, thirty years old. Dude, he, was, he was on the Lions for a while. League, man, he I drafted him in Dynasty in I want to say it was twenty six, the same year that Todd Gurley was drafted, yeah. and Melvin Gordon. And Amir Abdullah is still playing. He's a big, I mean, excuse me, not a big name, but he was a big name. He was a guy like a sleeper many, many years ago. But again, Jacobs is up there again. And I was actually really curious. So I just looked at some of the touch leaders, Tom. You got CMC up there as always, 278. Number two is Jacobs, 270. ETN, 263. Rashad White, fourth in the NFL in touches, 249. You got Pollard. Fifth, you got Mixon six, Henry seven, Barkley eight, Swift at nine, Bijan at 10. I wish Bijan could be at one. But two things that stood out to me, two guys that are way up there in the fantasy rankings. Um, Kyron Williams, I didn't know that he missed some time, but he was he's 25th, only 184 touches. I think he's going to keep getting loaded up. And then Brian Robinson, who I think and he's only missed one week. I guess he's been really efficient because he's like in the top 10. He only has 189 touches, but just was interested in that. And, and again, Jacobs is just going to be worked, worked, worked. And I think it's just safe to play him based off volume. Okay. Isaiah Pacheco didn't play last week, a shoulder injury. Um, I wrote here that CEH just continues to be awful. <laughs> and McKinnon, I, I just doesn't get enough usage. So I think if Pacheco's out, it's a whole disaster. Why don't you talk about, you know, his injury and how maybe you would handle, you know, this backfield situation. Well, if we remember last week when the injury was announced, Andy Reid did not dismiss the potential of putting him on the IR, which is telling us that it it wasn't nothing. And then this week we're getting reports, no, he's not going to go on the IR. He's dealing with a contusion or a bruise. So if it truly is a bruise, I expect this to not be too much of an issue. And, and possibly he could play this week. If not this week, definitely next week. But again... A contusion is what the Browns labeled Deshaun Watson's injury as when in reality it was a full-blown rotator cuff tear. Right. That, that's not, not the fracture that took him out for the season. I'm talking about the injury before that. So I'm not saying that the Chiefs are lying about his injury, but I'm saying that we already have seen an example this year where a team labels an injury a shoulder contusion when really it's a rotator cuff tear. Either way, he should be able to play through it because he is not a thrower, so he should be able to do what he needs to do as a runner pretty well. And typically, upper body injuries don't impact fantasy stats, especially for running backs. The only possible issue I see here is Pacheco's running style. He's a battering ram. He just lowers his shoulder and runs right into people. So I could see Kansas City reining him back from a snap standpoint to protect him from himself to protect him from getting that injury even worse as they're getting ready to make a playoff run. So if he does play this week, I I could see a world where he doesn't score his typical amount of points just because his snap rate is lower. 
still probably worth starting, but more on like a flex end versus like an RB2 end. So temper expectations a little bit. I fully agree with you there. Any reactions to that crazy Bills um, Chiefs ending? I mean, I know you were on vacation and stuff, but. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the Chiefs were complaining about. Like, Tony could not have been more offsides. It was a, a million percent. It's, it's sure the refs usually, I, I get there, they want consistency from the refs. If you're going to say, give the guy a warning, there's offsides, do it all game. But still, it's Tony's responsibility to be on, on sides, and it's Mahomes' responsibility to make sure his guys are on sides. Yeah, it was. The Chiefs are te- a team that frequently gets a lot of calls. I was just, I'm going to sound like a parent. I was disappointed in Mahomes and how he like handled it after. But also, like I really do adore him, and he came out and like really apologized after. He was just super fired up, but <laughs> he was he was well off sides. I, I just don't see what the issue is. Um, I guess they're just fired up now. That play. Was actually that was insane. a sick play. It was disgusting. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is the best. I mean, it's just a disturbing play. All right. Let's keep it moving, man. Uh, let's go to Aaron Jones, who is dealing with a knee injury. Talk about a disappointing season. Guy hasn't played since week 11. He's RB 47 on the year. And in his absence, Dylan continues to be mediocre um, in that starting role. But what do you think? Is he still going to be in that starting role? I know you always talk, Tom, about how the Packers slowly bring their players back. But what do you got for Aaron Jones? Yeah, and that's that's the problem. And when Jones got hurt a few weeks ago, we talked on this show about how he may not be trustable rest of fantasy season. So now we're entering week one of the fantasy playoffs. And sure, he, he may play. We still don't know. He was limited in practice today, but he was limited last week as well. But what we do have a pretty good idea of is that even if he plays, he's not going to see the field more than 35, 40% of the snaps, which will really limit his upside. Of course, he could score still. Of course, he could catch some balls. But we're not going to see elite production, most likely, unless he has a couple plays that just he goes off on. From a volume standpoint, we're not expecting a tremendous amount. So depending on what other running backs you have, you really need to consider keeping Jones on your bench this week because, you know, if history tells us anything, he's going to see 35 or 36% of snaps like he did the other two times this year in his first game after an injury. I'm not trusting it. I don't want to lose my playoff matchup because Aaron Jones has seven carries for 31 yards and that's it. And he's off the field. Um, Tom, did you also just a question? Did you also catch the, the Packers game at all? Um. Not enough that I know what you're referencing. Well, I'm referencing uh, the team that played them was the New York Giants. And, uh, you know, they. <laughs> oh, yes. And I actually, I was watching the Eagles Cowboys game too. Were so, you? Yeah, that was, that yeah, was I missed fun. that one too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the second time in two years that I can say the Giants won and the Eagles lost. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Good week for me to be on vacation. Yeah, really. Tommy Cutlets gets it done. Tommy, no, Tommy Mutsudo. His agent just looks fantastic with the hat, and he yeah, looks like he's kissing probably his killed before. <laughs> <laughs> the picture—I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody was like photoshopping something, but it was actually. Speaking of Photoshop, real quick before we move on to Brian Robinson here, the Kadarius Tony thing. People were photoshopping like it was like they were recording like a TikTok, and their face was on it, and they were explaining like 
I'm going to show you a real look of what it looked like. And they, they crop Kadarius Tony, like past the safety on the other team. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like this is the real look. A real new look shows where Kadarius Tony was lined oh, up. It was so yeah, fun. All right. Awesome. All right, man. Brian Robinson, hamstring. Again, been really solid this year, and they're coming off a bye. Is he rested? What do you think about him for week 15? He didn't play, or I'm sorry, he didn't practice today on Wednesday. But let's let's consider Robinson's playing style. So we know the hamstrings impact speedsters the most because that top 80 to 100% of your sprint is when the hamstring gets loaded the most. Therefore, if it's injured, it's going to impact that top speed but also that's where a re-injury would be more likely to happen. Brian Robinson's not a speedster. He's a bruiser. He's a one-cut, gets you five, six yards, and maybe run somebody over type. So I don't expect this injury to hinder his playing style at all. Of course, there's high recurrence with hamstrings, but again, that's more when you're getting your, that speed built up, which takes a lot of yards to do. Additionally, running backs, on average, see no decline in fantasy production, in their first game after hamstring injury with 37% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average in that first game back. So of course we have to make sure he plays, but if his practice participation starts to ramp up this week and he plays this week, he's a solid start. Fair enough. Again, uh, they're coming off the bye. They're playing the Rams who are middle of the pack team against the run projected pretty high total in that game. So I think we are going to see some points. So if Tom's playing him, I'm playing him. Najee Harris dealing with a knee injury. What do you have for him and, and his fantasy outlook for week 15 and his injury outlook? Well, he practiced in full this week. So he is actually off the injury report. This shouldn't hinder him at all. All right. Gotcha. I totally forgot that you texted me and said that he's all good. And I just brought him up anyway. <laughs> I just put definition of him is just meh. He's just so meh. Perfect, like, oh perfect definition. for uh, Najee Harris. Uh, all right. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Let's go to someone that has been absurdly consistent. Unbelievably so. And it's Jerome Ford. And I'll tell you about that. But we'll let Tom talk about his wrist injury. What's going on with him? Got x-rays after the game. They were clean. No fracture present. Likely a sprain, which with wrist sprains, if they're really bad and need surgery, like Joe Burrow, well, then they need surgery, and it's a lengthy rehab. If they're just mild and don't need surgery, it's not going to affect a running back very much. So he's he's going to get probably be taped or braced or something to support it, but it's not going to be so thick of a taping or, or, or bracing that he can't manipulate his hands to make catches and he doesn't really need his wrist to do a whole lot when he's holding the ball as long as he's able to still secure the ball properly or just carry it in the other hand so i don't expect this to hinder him whatsoever normal snap rate normal production all right sounds good he's a guy and now i'm just looking at his game log and i wrote some stuff here just a model of consistency i mean I can't just say that he's a league winner, but what a pickup he was after Chubb went down. So, yeah, week two went off 22, week three, 18, and then seven, and then they had the bye week. Listen to this ridiculous consistency since week – we'll go just to week from week nine on. 10.2, 11 10.9, 9.9, 12.7, 10.7. He's a perfect flex play. He's a perfect guy to get you 10 points. Um, I'm totally fine with him this week. Play the Bears, who are 
are ranked highly. They're actually somehow ranked second in rushing yards allowed, but um, you know, I think I totally trust Jerome Ford. And if you're desperate, this is crazy, Tom. The Bears stink against the pass. Maybe another big game for Joe Flacco, man. Or David and Joku had a really big week last week. Crazy. I, I'm, I I don't call me crazy. I think this Flacco story is awesome. Love Didn't it. do anything all season, sitting on the couch doing whatever, and then he just comes in and starts crushing it. I love it. I'm so curious what these guys do. Like, of course, they're going to the gym and staying in physical shape, and they're probably throwing with their old NFL buddies. But, like, imagine that. Hey, Joe, you want to want to be our quarterback? All right. And just tears it up. Like, it's just great. It's good stories. So, so I have an in, insider report that um, Blake Bortles, apparently he was having a house built in Jacksonville, and he's just like, I'm bored, and just asks the contractor and the workers if he can help them. <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition of bored. I want to be so bored in my life that I want to do that stuff. Oh, that's incredible, man. All right. Quick little ad read here about SeatGeek, and we've been partnered with them all year, and, and we're absolutely thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. So, again, if you guys want to go see your favorite teams or fantasy stars in action, or you want to see a concert or a show, whatever it is, go to SeatGeek. Use our promo code, guys. Go check it out. It's injury fantasy, all one word. They will give you 20 bucks off your purchase. That, ladies and gentlemen, is SeatGeek. All right. And that actually reminds me of another thing, too. My, my in-class support teacher I work with said he got Jets tickets the rainy day. I think it was not this, maybe whatever it was, for $3. <laughs> Excuse me? I guess it was late or last minute, and he got them. It was bad weather. So I told him, I was like, yeah, you should have used my promo code. And I was like, they would have given you $17. <laughs> they would have paid you seventeen. I don't know if it works like that, but that would be cool if it is how it works. I don't think so. Yeah, he's a, he's a free beer for the stadium. That'll be one of our next promos. All right, <laughs> couple guys left. Time. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill. I don't know how the heck he came back into that game. Has an ankle. He's listed as day to day. He's kind of a ridiculous specimen. But what do you think about him going forward here? And and that's your answer to how he came back in the game. He's just an insane human being. But, yeah, that looked bad. I mean, he missed a lot of the game, so that tells us that it was bad. I mean, apparently his wife told him he needed to get back on the field, which oh. that, I, that's that's pretty cool. Didn't practice today. And this is the type of thing where when the injury happens, sometimes it's not quite as bad in the moment as it is the next day when swelling kicks in and, and all that stuff. So I imagine he's pretty swollen today, and we'll see how he does with practice throughout the week. I would find it hard to believe that he doesn't play this week, but of course we're going to keep our eye on him. This type of injury can definitely impact shiftiness, and that's a big, big, big part of his game, but not so much the top straight line speed. So I think it was a couple couple weeks ago we actually were talking about this type of injury for receivers, and I believe I used the example that a player like DK Metcalf, this would not be such a big deal for, but a player like Tyreek Hill, this could be a bigger deal for. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this hit his production to some degree. Still, he's averaging 21.1 points per game, so even a 25% dip is still a lot of points. Of course, you're playing him if he plays, but this totally could curb his upside. Yeah, 100%. Wide receiver, one on the year, 21.1 points per game. And again, even if you do have that dip that you talked about, it's still 
I'm not going to do the math. It's still a lot of points. <laughs> I mean, with him banged up, I have two questions for you, Tom. With him banged up, I mean, they lost to the Titans. It, the offense, it's easy for anybody to say this, whether you like football or don't. Their offense truly did not look the same without him, and they just don't. He stretched the field. He's like, to me, that's the definition of someone. I'm not saying he's the MVP. I'm really not. But is there a world where Tyreek wins the MVP or is that, is it just always going to go to the quarterback? I mean, he does, he, you know, what do you think? In, in a fair world? Yes, but the world's not fair. And the uh, NFL likes quarterbacks the most. So yeah. I, I doubt that I doubt it, but I think it would be well-deserved and really cool if he does win it. Yeah. I mean, he would have to do something. He's already done things that are amazing, but it would have to be a spectacular finish. I just, again, I always look at MVP to me. Everyone looks at it differently. If you remove that player from the team, how well, how well are they going to do? Right. Yeah. I could have this conversation all day. Like, like Brock Purdy, if you take him off the team, no, I think he's a fine quarterback. I bet you there's 20 other, mm, there's 12 to 15 other guys that can throw the ball to Kittle and to Debo and to whoever, like, Maybe if you take Jalen Hurts off the Eagles, I don't think they're going to be very good. If you take Tyreek Hill, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I look at the MVP talk. But I here's see, a uh, go ahead, Tom, offensive lineman win the MVP one year. Just give it to Jason Kelsey. He's just a cool guy. Yeah, I'm into cool it. Guy. All right. Before we move on, a multiple choice question for you, Tom. You have to only pick one. Which best describes Tyreek Hill? A, machine. B, superhero. C, disgusting. D, fast. Fast. Fast is the one that you went with, the adjective you picked? Yeah. You shook your head at machine. The guy's a machine. Uh, yeah, but he's also really fast. Oh, all right, fine. Easy. I was going to put E, all the above. <laughs> all right, a couple guys left. I think we got four players left. Another big one and another guy with, an injury concern as well as a quarterback concern. Just overall, we're talking about JJ sucks. Came back from the injury, long awaited, hard hit, went down with the chest injury. I think rushed to the freaking hospital, but now, you know, he's going to play. What's the validity to that statement? Yeah, probably. He's probably going to play. So the hospital is a preventative thing with that type of injury because they want to make sure that there's no fracture to the ribs that could be impinging on either the lungs or the kidneys. Sometimes the way he got hit, I, I put out an Instagram video on him that clearly shows the hit. He got hit pretty darn close to where the kidneys are. So they want to make sure all that stuff's okay. And he was very quickly discharged once all that was cleared. So, and we know there's no fracture because they, they would let us know if there was a fracture. He's just dealing with some rib bruising and, and pain. So as long as he's able to get the range of motion in the torso and the shoulders back, we've seen a ton of players this year play really well right after this injury. Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery, Jalen Waddle, Puka. The list goes on and on. There's plenty of guys who have played just fine after this type of injury, and I expect no difference from Justin Jefferson. I'm with you too. Um, so then what would your level of concern be? One to 10, 10 being really concerned, one being nothing. Zero. Zero. Good. Okay. Thought you'd be low on that. So that feels good. Hopefully it could win us some leagues. Next guy, Nico Collins nursing a calf injury. He's wide receiver 14. I mean, you know, 13.9 or so points per game. He always has the upside to make big plays. Um, can he still do that? You know, dealing with this calf injury. It's going to be really, really tough. 
We've talked about calf injuries of the Houston Texans receivers multiple times over the past month. Nico Collins had a calf injury a couple weeks ago that he missed a couple games with. When he returned, he played okay, but not he did not meet his his baseline. Then his teammate Tank Dell had the calf injury. Unfortunately, a couple plays into that next game, the broken leg. So that one really, really burned. But historically, wide receivers see a massive dip of 44% of their fantasy production when they return from a calf injury with only 5% playing up to their pre-injury baseline. And there's a reason for that. The calf is critical in accelerating, sprinting, and jumping. Those are all big parts of being a wide receiver. So if that's not all there, he's going to be much slower. It's going to be harder to get off the ball. It's going to be harder to get open. It's going to be harder to run after the catch. And it's going to be harder to make contested catches. So I know he's been very good, and nobody wants to hear this, but consider someone else this week. I listened to your advice last time, too, with with Tank Dell, and that's an injury that – Again, like you said, we have to take that seriously. So, again, if you got other options, uh, I'm for it. Last two guys. So, another guy with an injury dealing with a backup quarterback. So, more concerns going into week 15. This one, Tom, is Jamar Chase, who's putting together still a good campaign, man. I mean, he's still wide receiver five through all the, the stuff that's going on. You know, without Joe Burrow, went through his injuries, but he has an ankle injury. Is it a high ankle, Tom? Low ankle? Medium ankle? Side ankle? What type of ankle? I don't Front know. Ankle, back ankle? Top ankle? <laughs> bottom ankle? Tell uh, me what ankles. We don't have clarity exactly on that, but he did <laughs> log a limited practice today, which is encouraging. I don't expect this to hinder him too much. If, if he would have missed practice like Tyreek Hill, then I'm concerned. But with him practicing this week, I expect that to ramp up even more over the course of the week. But pay attention to that. If he's logging full practices Thursday and or Friday, zero concern at all. If he's limited throughout the week, still not a whole lot of concern because he's so good. Receivers do see a 15% dip in fantasy production, but with Chase, that's not enough to scare you off. As long as he's playing, he's in your lineup. Still with the elite upside, and Browning was slinging a little bit last week. 18 for 24, 275, and two touchdowns. Guy had a quarterback rating of 122. So, yeah, they're going to keep leaning on Mixon. Uh, you know, he'll be the workhorse there. But Browning not looking so bad. And Jamar Chase, man, one ball to the house, and he's gone, whether it's a slant or a jump ball or a, whatever it could possibly be for him. I'm with you, Tom. I'm playing Jamar Chase no matter what. Guy that I'm a little bit worried about, our last player here, is Dalton Kincaid. Now, dynasty-wise, I'm not concerned. I think he's, he's – I'm not going to say elite. I think he's one of the better young tight ends in football. But with Knox returning last week, Knox did have three catches for 36 yards. He does eat into Kincaid's targets a little bit. And on top of that, Kincaid's dealing with the shoulder. So how serious is that, Tom? It's a shoulder and a thumb, actually, but it's not that serious as he practiced on Wednesday. So kind of similar to Chase, I expect his practice participation to ramp up throughout the week as long as we see that. I'm not concerned at all. Both of these are upper body injuries. Not going to affect his ability to run, get open, things like that. Of course, being the tight end, he needs to use his body a little bit more to block. But again, from a receiving standpoint, this is not going to impact him. Right. I mean, maybe it does affect his snap share because they have knocks to be able to block. But again, I'm sure he'll be in and... He's the guy who plays. You know, we talked about him coming out of college that, 
you know, he doesn't really play in the Bills backfield, but he could play in the slot and he could play even outside. So, you know, I am a little bit concerned for him, but again, that we talk about the tight end landscape all the time, Tom, and how atrocious it is and might be a guy that you lean on for the playoffs. Who else are we looking at, Tom? I know I forgot DJ Moore and, you know, I have a couple other guys here. Who else do you want to discuss? Yeah, we got four more here. We got DJ Moore, who did not practice Wednesday. He's also dealing with an ankle. It's interesting because he got hurt in the third quarter, returned, scored, still locked a total of 92% of the snaps, but um, dealing with the injury, obviously enough that he didn't practice today. Like we said with Tyreek Hill, sometimes these actually get worse the day after. So we'll keep monitoring him. If he plays, again, receivers average at 15% drop in fantasy production. With more, that's not enough to scare us. Christian Watson did not practice Wednesday, still dealing with that hamstring injury. Do not start him, even if he plays. We've already talked about how conservative Green Bay is with bringing back their players. Marquise Brown, like we talked about before, did not practice, still dealing with that heel injury. Played last game with the heel injury, but re-injured it. Then they had the bye. I don't believe you can trust him unless he logs a full practice. And then Joe Devon A. Chan again on this show dealing with a toe injury now. Didn't practice today. This is critical for him because he's an elite speed guy. And when we run, the big toe is the last part of contact with the ground. Needs to extend up to 90 degrees and needs to have the integrity of all the tissues to recoil and to be stable to push off of. If any of that is affected, or even if there's just pain to where you don't want to load through that toe, that's going to throw off speed. His game is built on speed. He needs that toe to be affected or to be functioning properly for that speed. So this is a possible issue, but we have seen a lot of players this year have toe injuries and not be affected by it. It really depends on the severity so his practice participation is going to tell a big story this week. If he can log a full practice, awesome. Fire him up. If he's another DNP on Thursday and then a limited practice Friday, I'm a little sketched out. Sounds good. All right. You heard from the best, the tan doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. All right. Well done. And you guys could always shoot us your questions. We're happy to talk to you and, and continue to check our updates, man. Instagram, on X, on Twitter. We get everything out there for you guys. And, and Tom and, and our interns and all of our guys are, are always on board to keep sending stuff out and keep sending updates. Let's move on to our sleeper picks. And everybody, we are also teaming up with Sleeper, sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will also match $100 for you. Once again, that is sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. $100 match. Tom, I'll go first, and we'll get my picks out of the way. And I lost again last week, and it is a struggle, and I need a long look in the mirror, and I'm having a rough year, and you're having a great year, as we say every week. I'm 4-10. and 10. It has been rough. So I'm just going to go with my gut, and that is what I'm going to try to do the rest of the year. And it's going to be Bijan Robinson, because I love him, over total rushing and receiving yards whatever that line is, because I've been looking for it all day. And the second that it comes out, I will tweet it out. Uh, I will look on, on Sleeper and find that for you guys. I love Bijan very, very much. I love the matchup this week. They play the Panthers, who are horrible. I think the Falcons are going to have a very favorable uh, favorable game script. Bijan's usage has been increasing tremendously. Uh, you know, he's been getting in the end zone a little bit. 
but I do like his over on yards. So again, that'll be something that I tweet out as soon as that prop pops out. So the total receiving plus rushing yards, I'm taking the over for Bijan. I wish lines, I wish more lines came out on, on Wednesday when we record this. It's tough. Sometimes it's tough to pick through things. So I'm going to go around that and wait till it comes out. But what do you got, Tom? Did you win again last week? No, I missed. I had Zach Moss rushing and receiving over 87 and a half, and that did not happen. Not a good game. Okay. No. Uh, I got a twofer, though, and I am, in order for me to consider this a hit, they both have to hit. So I've got both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery going over their individual rushing props. Jameer Gibbs is 50 and a half yards. David Montgomery is 67 and a half. Gibbs is averaging 62.9 on the year, and of course he started really slow. Montgomery's averaging 77 yards on the year. They play Denver, who is dead last in the league in rushing, allowing 144 yards a game. The uh, the projected over-under is 47.5, so there's going to be points in this game. I think this is a big run-the-ball-down-the-Broncos-throat game. So it's a parlay. So I think if you win this, I think it's only fair if you get you get two wins. We'll add two wins to your total if you win this because it's even. You're not taking things that are like way, you know, overpriced or underpriced. I like it, Tom. All right. It's for me. All right. I'm in. Vampire Diaries. Tom, we got the bye. We got another win. So next week I'll give a full update because we're off this week. We're on a bye. I'll give you guys a whole big update next week on it. If you're still following, I hope you guys are. And I hope you ask us questions about the Vampire League because it's so much fun, especially when you're the vampire and you're winning. So, Tom, I had Lamar Jackson, who, I, of course, I, I like. Tua as my backup quarterback, but the other guy had Jalen Hurts, and I couldn't resist that. So I'm going to take Jalen Hurts, move into the playoffs with him. I'll give you guys the full update next week. Got some trivia for you, and then we will send you on your way, ladies and gentlemen. So last week, answer to the movie that Tom was a little confused about, so we can't really tell how American he is. We'll find out, you know, maybe next time. Just kidding, Tom. South Carolina is where the Patriot was located. All right. Got a multiple choice question for you guys out there. So we're going to talk about the NFL and all-time reception leaders. So the all-time as if you watch football or have known football, you should know it's Jerry Rice, all-time 1,549 career receptions. Second's our boy Larry Fitzgerald. Third, a tight end, Tony Gonzalez. Fourth is Jason Witten. Then you got Marvin Harrison. I think like Chris Carter was in the mix, whatever. So let's ask this question, everybody. Which of the following active players has the most career receptions with 910? Now, I will say it is very close, but which active player has the most receptions all time with 9-10? Is it A, DeAndre Hopkins, B, Keenan Allen, C, Devontae Adams, or D, Mike Evans? Tom, what's your answer? You want to give it now or you want to wait? Not that it matters. You know. I'll, I'll do it off air. I know the answer. Oh, you actually do know the answer. I hope he's wrong, everybody. We will update you next week. <laughs> All right, Tom. Des, thank you so much for being here. I'm sorry about the mic. I'll make sure I go to Radio Shack slash Guitar Hero Center places. I will get it fixed next week, but we genuinely, seriously thank you guys for being here. Go out there. Go dominate your playoffs here in week 15, and we'll see you guys next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.
Oh, 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 oh,